What's up, everybody? This is Two Girls, One Murder. I am one of your co-hosts, Blair Morgan Reeves. I'm your other co-host, Lenny. Lenny, how are you feeling today? You had a big city trip this weekend, it seems. I did. I did. Last night, um, I went to the city for a concert. I saw Sammy Ray and the Friends. Have you heard of them? No. How was it? They're... I don't even know how to describe them. They're like a jammy, like jammy, jazzy, funky, like uh, introduced to us from Mike Sherman. Um, He was like, you guys got to come to this concert is at Terminal 5. Nice venue. Um, Been there a couple of times. So I was like, okay. Um, And I he you can't go wrong with a music recommendation from him. He's like really on point with the music Rex. So I was like, fuck it. So I went, uh, had a great time, but I am, I think we've talked about this. Like I'm old now. So, or at least I feel old. So I can't go out and have a night without having to recover from that night, like for the next two days. I feel that hardcore because I, um, Kyle's cousin was in town from Florida with her boyfriend that we haven't met yet. So we went out for, you know, I was like, Oh, we'll go out for one drink and then come back. We can leave rocket for a little bit and that should be fine. And then we ended up like getting dinner. And so it was a couple of hours and I had like two or three drinks, like a Manhattan, like times three, which was like a lot for me. And even though it was early, I think it helped that we were obviously early. And so we were home by, you know, like seven or eight. Um, okay. And and we're awake. Like we were awake for a while. I ate some more food, like, you know, even then I still woke up and I didn't feel as bad, but I still didn't feel fresh, let's say. Yeah. I, and fresh. Also, it's like so fucking expensive to just like oh. have a night out in the city. Yeah, girl. Welcome to my life. Uh. <laughs> and, and you know what? It wouldn't be horrible. Honestly, like I would have probably stayed out later if like I lived in the city and didn't have to take such a shitty like commute home. But once it gets past like 1230, uh, the train times are spread out. Far. So you understand now why Kyle and I take an Uber from Long Island every single time. Absolutely. The trains are a disaster. Atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. <laughs> and uh, we had to take a subway yesterday. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> Josh and I was like, we we're up and down the stairs, five different uptown, downtown, E, A, C, which, which fucking train are we taking? So then we finally <laughs> figured out and then on our train, our subway, like back to Penn, um, there was just like, there was like, I couldn't believe the homelessness on the subway. Yeah, yeah, that's not this a joke. Guy, <laughs> Blair, oh my god, this it smelled like a yep. like a toilet. Yeah, and this guy had like a homemade broom that he was like sweeping up his fucking like ho- house on the subway. Yeah. Oh my god, I was like, oh. My God, yes, taken aback by it. Yeah, that was actually last night was the first time I saw the I don't remember what they're called, but this new um, organization that the mayor's put together because it's such a problem now that like yeah. New York's really trying to open up. I mean, it's been a problem since the pandemic. And Kyle can tell you this since he worked during the pandemic, him and all the doctors had to take the subways with homeless people just made it their home, like the subway yeah. in their home because nobody except them were taking it. So now it's this whole process of trying to still get them all out. Like they still don't have a a place to go. And 
you know, the shelters are, are shit. You don't want to, I don't want to send them there. I wouldn't, you know, that's not an alternative, uh, that they should be seeking. They need mental no. help. It's just like, it's a huge project. But last night was the first time we saw the group that's supposed to be going out. They were like wearing orange jackets and they're the something about homelessness, but they go and they find the people and walk up to them and are like, do you have a place to stay tonight? Where are you staying? Wow. What's your contact? Like they really are trying to get them places, but I mean, I wouldn't want that job. That's tough. Like that's yeah. a tough job. And then, yeah, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, that's not our best look. If you're getting on the subway right now, that's just no, no, I know, I know. Right it was the subways are. In yeah, it was there. sad. It was sad to yeah. see. I mean, yeah. but yeah, that that was my fucking adventure time into the city, and it was great though. I had a great time. Loved the concert. Um, Penn Station, the new Penn Station is beautiful. Oh, yes, I know. Isn't it great? I think it's only there's still some parts like near the L A Double R that are being worked on, but the the yeah. parts that are open are fucking gore- about time. About time. Very nice. It's great. Very nice. We great. were standing, we were standing there and there was like a, I guess the security guard came up to his list. You, you guys can't just stand here. You have to be like, you have to be going be somewhere. Walking. And we're like, yeah, we're like, oh, we're just lo- like, we're just looking around. We're not trying to like set up <laughs> camp here, but it, it's very nice. Beautiful. You guys look bougie. suspicious. You guys look very suspicious yes. in some station. <laughs> yes, apparently. Apparently. But yeah, that was that was my night. So I'm I'm just recovering today. I feel that at least it's nice out and it's like finally some good ass fucking weather in this city. My God, it's like 68 Mm -hmm. and not hot. Um, So it's a perfect day. My one of my best friends actually was um, participating in the what is it? The like bike tour, the borough bike tour where like it's a bike race. So, you know, I do races all the time for running. There's also Mm -hmm. bike races in the city, too, which is just me that they organize all of these different things in in a city like this big but there was a bike race and it was all through the five boroughs like the marathon almost where they go through oh, all wow. the five boroughs and she was doing that this morning and we could see it out our window like some of them going by on on the highway that's cool <laughs> like this is so sick like what a good day for a bike ride like that in the city beautiful day driving you know going around driving <laughs> pedaling around on your bike in, in the city it was great but yeah, nicer weather. We've been going outside a lot more, which brings me to my rocket update. I do have to give, rocket. obviously, I think every episode deserves a rocket update. Absolutely. Um, let's see what exciting news has really happened with him. The last two nights, he has slept through the night. Like when we went to bed at around 9 30, 10, we put him in the pen. He whines for like two seconds and then he's, he realizes, okay, this is what's happening. Mm. And then he doesn't do a loud bark until about 6 a.m. Not bad. Not bad at all. He, and that's like, he's telling us I need to go outside um, for number two. He holds in his number twos, which is proud good. of him. You know, he's still too little. His bladder's still too little. He has he still needs like to do some indoor business every yeah, once in yeah. a while. But it is nice that he like is starting to get the idea that I can tell them when I need to go outside, I can go outside and do like go anywhere outside it's new york you can like literally yes. you need, want to outside but yeah so he's been really good about that so um he's crushing it with that aspect he his cold is gone which is great good i think i mentioned that last time on the pod and then i yeah. don't think i mentioned he also had a parasite at the same time 
Oh yeah, you did. You did. But that's like super common. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's been telling me that like that has dogs. They're like, Oh yeah, that's no big deal. I keep thinking everybody's going to be really grossed out and be like, wow, your dog is disgusting. How did it know? It's like, Oh, all dogs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We got Henry with like, I think he had like hookworm or some shit like that. Oh my God. Yeah. It's something like that. So he's, um, like halfway through that process, but it's not affecting him in any way. Like you wouldn't have known if I didn't take him to the vet. (laughs) So for, for rocket, like when you take him outside to go to the bathroom, does he go on like, like, does he need grass or would he go on like concrete? That's the thing he's been doing. Um, so the way we're set up, you haven't been to my, to my apartment yet, but we kind of live in like a gated area. Um, Mm -hmm. and we walk around the outside of that area, like around the block and there's some dirt by the gate. Yeah. Um, very small, like not a huge patch, but he's tiny. So he just like walks along the gate and goes on that little bit of dirt. Um, yeah, I think he would need some kind of, you know, smells like that. Um, he's not really into like, he walks on the concrete, but he hasn't done anything on concrete yet. He kind of like needs some kind of dirt <laughs> or something. Yeah, we've he's taken, doing, he's doing great. It's really funny to walk him because he's such a kind <laughs> like curious dog so you know and we're in the city and I'm we're not even in a busy part of the city but there'll be other people walking their dogs or just walking and he sits down and like looks at them and waits for them to walk past we can't oh. move we cannot move until that person that's out of sight. funny yeah so going to Central Park right now which is our dream is out of the question because imagine we're going there and there's thousands of people he just won't know what to do with himself yeah, he might get too overstimulated by that. Too overwhelmed by the amount of people. Um, but you know, sounds don't bother him. He's not like bothered by anything. He just wants to play. Um, That's amazing. You guys lucked out. I know his personality is phenomenal. The the one like bad thing we're kind of struggling with is just he's he's a chomper because he's teething so hard and he wants yeah. to chew on everything, including my wrists and my feet yeah. and painful those little daggers that he's got growing needle in teeth yeah needle teeth yeah they are like little needles so I'm like we gotta work on you learning not to chew on me you've got a thousand toys like please chew on all these other good things for you that also clean yeah your teeth. I know <laughs> we used to always we would he would Henry would like start chewing on our hands and then we would take one of his toys and place it in in his mouth and replace our hand and we ended up having to like start like almost reprimanding him when he would chew on us. Cause yeah, we're like, we don't want him to get used to chewing on us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, I know he's playing and he thinks it's like fun. Right. But sometimes we'll like pop him up on the couch. Cause he like, you know, tries to jump. He can't jump up, but we'll like try to, he'll try to come be with us. And we have to, if he starts biting us, Kyle would be like, one more bite and you're going down. And of course he bites <laughs> us again. And then he has to like, okay, back on the ground. And then he's all sad. And it's just like, well, you know, stuff like that. We're at least trying to have that balance like you were talking about, because we don't want him to be biting people. Like we want him to be a friendly yeah. and he just doesn't realize that it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun for us. Oh, rocket. I know he's somewhere in here in the bedroom. He likes laying underneath the bed. I don't know if it's cooler. And like he and quiet and darker. I don't know, but he like maybe he just feels like safe, like a it's like a cave. 
Yeah, kind of under there. So he goes under there every once in a while. And, and also there's like a soft rug too. So I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if he likes his bed or not. Um, he'd rather lay on his pee pad, which is not ideal. <laughs> like, bro, you just peed on that. Now you're laying down on it. Like, you have a bed. <laughs> you have a fluffy Aww. bed. And he just. I love dogs. It's just fun. so fun. It's, it's probably added such like a fun dynamic to your guys' households. Like, it's just something for you guys to talk and, and look at and laugh about and, you know, do together. It's really cute. It is. Yeah, it's a big step. I feel like it's another step in a relationship to add a, a animal like that that you really do have to take care of. Like I said, we're getting up at 6 a.m. every day. Like, you know, one yeah. of us has to take him outside a couple times a day. He, you know, he's been needing medicine every day too, that we have to like keep track of. And it's a lot. And then you want to make sure you're training him and doing all the right things. And it's only been two weeks. Also, I have to remind myself it's only been two weeks. So we have a long way to go with training him and everything like that, but it's really exciting. Um, and so I'll keep updating all of you on how it's going. Yes. I love this. I can't wait to meet him. I know we'll, we'll schedule some play date stuff soon. Cause I want him to, like I said, be very friendly with everyone that he meets and the more people he gets to meet and hang out with and realize, Oh, they're all playing. I think the better yeah. for him. So that'll be great. Heck yeah. Um, well, I'm also really, really pumped for today's episode. I've got a good one. Um, yes. Today we are talking about the meta of Gianni Versace. Yes, I am <laughs> so excited. I'm so excited for this one. Um, did you see that movie that Lady Gaga was in? I think it was about, was it about? No, you're thinking of House of Gucci. Gucci, Gucci. fuck. It was the other one. But I have not seen it and I really do want to see it because I love the, every trailer I've seen for that, it looks phenomenal. Adam Driver right. and Lady Gaga look amazing in that movie. I know. Wasn't there... Uh, like a murder documentary about the Versace There's a murders? ton. I have a whole list of yes. things that people can follow up on if this episode is not enough or if this episode gets them interested in it. There is tons that you can look at. I have a whole list. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so I said Versace. I, I usually say Versace, but I think it's Versace, like something like that. I've heard Donatella recently on a bunch of interviews and she's like correcting people left and right, which is totally fair. It's one, you know, it's her yeah. last name. So she's like, say it right, bitch. Um, <laughs> 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 what do you know about the fashion brand? I know you know about the murder, but what do you know about any, if anything? Not honestly, not much really at all. Cool. That's just perfect. That it's a big, yeah, just that it's a big brand and uh, that's it. <laughs> that's perfect because before we get into this very, very famous murder case, I want to give our listeners and yourself some context behind the family name because it kind of just adds to why this is such a big deal, um, not only to people in the fashion industry, but to fashion lovers or just people in general, it was a big deal to different industries. So let's travel back in time. I'm going to place myself in my college days. I'm at Parsons, which is a fashion design school back when I really cared yes. about fashion. I'm going to place my mind in there where I really cared about, you know, that kind of stuff. I would literally go to fashion shows. It was part of my, one of my jobs, internships that I did. New York fashion week was a crazy time where I didn't get any sleep um, because wow. working shows or, 
going to shows or doing whatever. Um, I even that's insane ran... though. That's like a very cool, unique experience. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I was a publicist back in the day uh, for a agency, and all of their brands were fashion brands. One of them was Doc Martens, and I got to go to a bunch of they were in a bunch of shows because a lot of designers sometimes don't have shoes they use other accessories like Doc mm. Martens for example so I would help like fill the orders and then Doc Martens had me like go to the shows and actually take some videos and photos for social media um oh. on Snapchat back in the day I did a lot of snaps yes. for them um which was great <laughs> I would like log into their account and post a whole bunch of shit for different because they were in so many shows. So I try to go to all these different shows for them. Um, and it was a fun time. Um, I also ran this nonprofit through um, my school at a bunch of, you could make your own club, essentially. You could, you know, put together a group uh, for anything you wanted that you were interested in. And someone hmm. um, else, when I got there, ran this nonprofit that um, basically that you, they hosted an annual fashion show that raised money for domestic violence shelters. Uh, which mm -hmm. is amazing because you're going to Parsons and all these students have collections that they made for class or they want to make a new collection and they want somewhere to showcase it um, yeah, and have really good photos of it on a runway. And so we kind of give them that platform, which is really nice. And then we raise money for a really good cause. So what I'm trying to say is the, the long story short was I used to really be into fashion, read the magazines, knew all the designers cared about it. If you looked at me now, oh, nice. you wouldn't be able to tell that that used to be of interest to me. <laughs> <laughs> Things have drastically changed. <laughs> you look fabulous. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, but yeah, Versace is one of the leading international fashion design houses um, and is a really big symbol of Italian luxury worldwide. It's global. Um, their designs... Um, are distributed, like I said, all over the world. They not only make fashion, which is, you know, clothing, they do lifestyle products, including haute couture, hot couture. <laughs> I used to know how to say that. Accessories, jewelry, watches, eyewear, fragrances, and even some home furnishings. So they've expanded oh, beyond wow. clothing. Yeah. Um, it was founded in 1978 uh, by Gianni Versace. Um, he created it with his sister, Donatella, who I've mentioned, and their brother, Santo. Um, when they first kind of were starting out, Versace designed clothes and costumes for theater and film actors. And they started winning many, many awards early on. Uh, in the first four years, the company um, really only focused on making designer-tailored clothing. Um and then they expanded eventually to designer accessories, like I said, furniture and home goods. But that wasn't until 1982. Mm -hmm. So for the first like few years, they were really focusing on clothing and then expanded. Um, in 1989, Gianni released a collection of outfits that were silk with leopard skin and the Medusa head prints. You've probably seen yes. that logo. That's, that's what you know. It. The one. That's the that's the one. The Medusa head prints, which. Medusa um, originates in mythology. Um, she was supposedly supposed to like make you fall hopelessly and forever in love with her. And Gianni picked that because he hoped that that kind of charm would work for Versace. That's literally why he picked the Medusa. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to make people fall in love with the brand. And that worked. They did. <laughs> um, it was successful. So Versace is now considered haute couture. Um 
or they, they started, it was considered that at some point in time. Um, they put like a couture collection together and it really at the time made its own category. Um, it was very unique for the time. For those of you that don't know what couture is, I realize I'm throwing a lot of fashion terms out there. So I thought I'd back up for a second and actually explain what the heck I'm talking about. Look at uh, you taking care of our listeners, I, but yeah. mostly taking care of me because, yeah, I need the education as well. Right. It's a it's a tricky word. And um, yeah, so basically when you hear the word couture, that is a garment that is custom made by hand. Um, it is mm. not mass produced. So it's extremely, extremely high end because you cannot find these garments displayed anywhere on a rack. They cannot be bought or worn by anyone. So, you know, that'll happen sometimes where um, a designer will make a gown for an actress to wear at a show or something like that. Like it'll, it will be one of a kind. Maybe it's like right. altered or something. Maybe it's from their collection, but then they, take the measurements and everything and make it mm. for the actress to wear. So it's very custom, one of a kind. You cannot buy it everywhere. Um, very exclusive. <laughs> say. So uh, the Versace brand also did a good job of positioning themselves with the music industry. And this was really new for the fashion industry as well. Um, but they really made it work in a big way. Uh, Gianni was personally friends with many huge names in music and films like Eric Clapton, Sting, mm. Elton John, Cher, Michael Jackson. Wow. Yeah. And they would all wear his clothes and show off the Versace brand anywhere that they went. Um, I'm going to share my screen really quick because you're going to recognize some of these outfits potentially. And I'm going to say them to our listeners. But who remembers the iconic <gasps> Jennifer Lopez Grammy yes. look? That's a Versace dress. That wow. is iconic dresses. We'll post it. It's the green forest dress where she's like very low cut in the front, like past her <laughs> belly button. Like she's not wearing anything. But um, yeah, that one's like pretty famous. And then there's also this one by Elizabeth Hurley that was um, these were probably two of like the biggest dresses. Yeah. Wow. So just knowing that out there is a visual aid. Uh, so you kind of know who. Uh, was designing what? Because I feel like you see that, and sometimes people don't know who's designing what dress. But no, oh, yeah, Versace dress. Wow. Yeah. Um. Today, though, Donatella Versace is the artistic director of Versace and has been since 1997, and she is really responsible for steering the brand into the 21st century. Um. And then I also pulled one final thing about the brand that I pulled from their actual website. Um, just kind of sums up who they are. So for today, Versace represents its heritage through its strong and fearless designs while addressing a global audience, which continues to strengthen Versace's position in contemporary culture. Wow. That was a mouthful. Um, but that's who they are today. <laughs> like I said, they have that global presence. They're in music, they're in fashion, they're everywhere. Donatello's running the ship now. Um, I've mentioned the brand and the name, but who is Gianni? Like, what is Gianni. with this? How did he get to where he was? How, you know, before he made the brand a big deal, who is he? He started um, designing clothes when he was 22. Um, wow. Grew up watching his mother, um, who was a dressmaker, work on designs in her own boutique. So he had a lot of influence from her. 
Um, he graduated from high school and spent a short time at her shop before moving to Milan in 1972, where he worked for seven Italian um, ateliers, I think is how you say it. <laughs> you think I would know. I used to be really good with all these fashion terms and all these that are not um, English. <laughs> I used to be really good at pronouncing <laughs> them, but here we are. Um, he it, One of these was mario valentino which i'm thinking is the valentino which is a big deal to me i love valentino gowns like they're one of my all-time favorite not day-to-day clothing it's it's like fancy shit that i would want to wear to an award ceremony that's my brand valentino every time i see them i'm like oh so beautiful chef's kiss um (laughs) so he apparently worked for them at one point um he established his own company, like I said, in 1978 and staged his first ready-to-wear show under his own name that same year, uh, which is, you know, pretty incredible. You just start your company and then you're like, let's do a show right away in the first year. Um, his brother, yeah. Santo, that I mentioned, served as CEO and Donatella uh, was designer and vice president. So it was a family affair for sure. Um, he designed throughout the 1980s and 90s and built up this huge fashion empire. Um his most famous designs included sophisticated bondage gear, um, oh. baby doll dresses, and silver mesh togas, <laughs> which a lot of haters considered flashy and vulgar. So I had to put that out there because he was apparently upsetting or ruffling some feathers. <laughs> yes, daddy. I love it. Bondage, baby clothes, and togas. Let's go. Yeah, he was, I mean, obviously unfazed by any of the criticism and staged yeah. his seasonal fashion shows like rock concerts. They were very lavish. Um, his headquarters was in Milan, and he, you know, a lot of groupies and paparazzi would form because, again, he was very well connected. So he would have celebrity friends come to his shows. Like I said, Elton John, Madonna. Um, he had models that would show up like Cindy Crawford um, and Naomi Campbell. And, you know, they at the time were paid so much money that they were coined the term supermodels. That's where that kind of comes wow, from yeah. is that they were paid so much. They're supermodels, not just models. So he was friends with all those ladies and that in and itself generated buzz for Versace. Um, he is accredited with turning fashion into a high powered celebrity bestowed industry, which is still true to this day. Um, so going back to my fashion roots really quick, I have firsthand experience with this being a thing at a fashion show. Um, who sits in the front row at a show is a big deal and mm-hmm. it shows who like your brand is connected to and what it says a lot about your brand is what I'm trying to say. Like the type of people you have in your front row is who you're connected to. So one example I yeah, have yeah. is um, I worked the door for um, a brand called Kith. They're a streetwear brand big here in New York, but he's opened many, the founders opened many stores all over the place, but he's really well connected with NBA players and rappers oh. and other big time celebrities um, like Rick Ross, for example, was at the show. Mm-hmm. So that generated a lot of buzz and it was, <laughs> it was a packed venue that we had. It was not very big. And we had so many different tiers of people where it was just hilarious when some of these people try to get in, uh, to a show. And I'm like, we've got NBA players trying to get into the show. So absolutely right. not, <laughs> you know, it just kind of adds to that 
exclusivity when people on the street of New York see like a big crowd and they're, they flock over and try to get in somewhere because it must be cool, right? Like there's paparazzi, there's black yeah. cars, there's huge crowds, like what's going on? So it just kind of adds to that exclusivity. Um, so throughout his career, success just kind of followed and it continued to grow. He began establishing boutiques throughout the United States with the help of his family. He also focused on publishing a series of coffee table books that featured his sketches and photographs oh. of his creations, um, which I think is really cool. If you've never seen a designer's sketches, like they're, they're really cool to see. And yeah, I think that's really a great, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah they're really unique. I'm mental note to myself to like, look at, see if I can buy some like prints of, <laughs> some of my favorite designers sketches. I think that'd be kind of like fun artwork to have throughout the apartment, but I digress. <laughs> um, he continued to be daring and it really just flourished. Um, he designed that hot couture line that I mentioned for the first time in 1989, that same year, he created costumes for the San Francisco opera. Um, oh, he was a big fan of the opera and the ballet. I think I told you like at the beginning, he designed costumes. He's a big, you know, opera and ballet fan. So he explored costume design as like a Love side that. interest. He's got his own like mega brand. And then he's on the side, like, let me design for the opera. <laughs> awesome. Look, like, I mean, why not? Fuck it. Uh, yeah. And then in 1993, the year I was born, um, Versace was diagnosed with a rare cancer of his inner ear and he battled this cancer successfully and began to slowly pass on some responsibilities to his other family members. Like I said, his brother and sister, mm -hmm. Donatella is obviously taking the charge now, but he was kind of already passing off some responsibilities and things off to his family because of the cancer. So mm -hmm. that's Gianni. That's the Versace brand. That's the family. That's the fashion house. That's the industry. I think we should take a break before we get into the Yes. Lesson. Yes. Enjoy listening to the Two Girls, One Murder podcast. Show us some love on our Instagram by liking and commenting on our posts. Search Two Girls, One Murder. That's girls with a U in the search bar. Got a comment or feedback for us to improve the pod? Send us an email to twogirlsonemurder at gmail.com. That's girls with a U. Thanks for your support. All right. We are back. I gave you some extensive history on the Versace family and Gianni. Eleni, what did you think about that so far? I loved it. I think it's cool to know the the origin of, of that brand. It's such a huge brand. And I mean, I know the name Versace, but obviously had no idea about any of that history. So I think that's pretty cool. It seems like, I mean, to, to be established in the seventies, I mean, for such a big brand name, it feels like it's kind of like a young, you know, young brand still. I mean, it's obviously it's been some time now, but the seventies, that's in not too far. Right. And their, their heyday, like they really ramped up in the eighties and nineties. I mean, like I said, we were born in the nineties, so it yeah. really wasn't that long ago. Um, yeah, pretty that's pretty young. cool. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, haven't been around that, that long. So it does kind of speak volumes to the rapid success that they had. Yeah. Especially since he was the founder. Um, we'll obviously find out when he was murdered, but it just kind of shows like Donatella is still an OG founder of the company and she's running it. So it just kind of shows you that, you know, they're, if they're still alive and, and kicking it, then that's a good sign. I feel like normally with big companies, they started like way back in the fifties or something, yes. or 
you know, and they're no longer with us and they've been passed on through generations. And, um, this is, this isn't the case. Yeah. There's, they're still around and they're still pretty new enough where that's cool. They can still. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, let's kind of set the scene. Uh, this is going to be real quick, this part of it, because there's not a whole lot to tell. Um, the actual murder itself was pretty cut and dry. So it's July 15th. It is 1997. And our our boy, our world-renowned Italian fashion designer, Gianni Versace, was on the steps outside of his Miami mansion. I believe he just came home. He was walking from a cafe, like he gets a coffee mm. in the morning and was on his way home and Versace was shot twice in the head mm. by this murderer who fled the scene immediately after. How horrific. It's like broad daylight and he's getting a morning coffee and he yeah. gets, gets shot uh, yeah. right on his steps of his mansion. So, <sighs> so that's the, that's the whole murder. Can you imagine if I was like, and that's the episode <laughs> and that's it. Goodbye folks. <laughs> I swear I, I have a lot more and we're going to talk about the actual killer himself because this is where I, this is new. This was new information to me from now on. I was learning a lot putting this episode together. So the killer- yeah, I'm curious about the motive. Yes, I was very curious about that. I also did not know that this was part of a killing spree, which I'm going to get. Oh, shit. Yeah, girl, this is yeah, this wasn't a one off rando, which I that's what I thought it was some random ass like killing from a horribly disturbed person. No, that was not the case. This is Andrew QAnon, I think is how you say his name. He was 27 years old at the time of the murder. Um, so some background on Andrew first because it helps play into maybe motive. Mm-hmm. He had an IQ of 147, which means he oh. was very bright for his age. Yeah. Um, fun fact, when he was about 10 years old, he had read the whole set of encyclopedias and memorized it. So you could ask him any question. Yeah. You could pick up any edition apparently and ask him any question and he would give you an answer. Like he memorized the entire set of encyclopedias. So that's the kind of smart brain space we've got going on here. Um, in order to fit in when he was in school though, he would make up stories about his background, which has led many to believe that he showed early signs of antisocial personality yeah. disorder. Um, he would really, he would even sometimes go as far as to like change his appearance throughout school, according to what he felt was most attractive at the time. So he's got wow. some issues with like fitting in and feeling accepted later mm-hmm. in life. This continued on. He would for example, claim that his father was an Israeli millionaire and a Fifth Ave aristocrat. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just things like that that are not real and not true. Uh, by the time he was 19, he had become a frequent nighttime patron at local gay bars and restaurants. So his sexuality also is going to play a role into this because mm-hmm. during this time, his religious mother found out that he was gay and some family members knew, but it was just never kind of acknowledged. But she found out around this time wasn't long after that that he left home to move to san francisco where he was a much more visible part of the gay community he was way more involved which makes sense you're going to san francisco that was a better place for you at the time if you were a part yeah. of the community a little bit more accepting i should say um it wasn't long after he left home that he enrolled in university of California, San Diego, and he majored in American history. This is in 1987, but he dropped Mm -hmm. out two years later 
which is when he officially moved to San Francisco. Um, he became a fixture in the nightlife of the Castro district, which is a gay neighborhood, befriending wealthy older men and also reportedly took an interest in creating violent pornography. Oh, okay. There that I found. It's like, oh, interesting. I saw a lot talking about how he was into like being like kind of like a sugar baby, I guess. Uh, he yeah. Would find these wealthy older men and, you know, latch on to them. He was that was really what he was known for. Apparently they, they, everyone knew he was like getting romantically involved with older wealthy guys in order for them to help finance the lavish lifestyle that he wanted. However, Uh these men eventually cut him out of their lives, which not only angered him, but I mean, it threatened his financial stability because he relied on them for money. So authorities believe that this was really part of the downward spiral because it was such a big stressor and that caused him to or that i should say was the potential cause for why he went into a murder spree in april of 1997 so wow. let's talk about this spree shall we and how on earth does yes. this connect to versace because versace was not the only one to be killed by this guy so like i said starts in april with two men in minnesota who were believed to have had previous relationships with him. After these murders, he fled to Miami and killed two more men. Uh, um, you know, again, well, actually, what's interesting about these Miami killings is they were kind of an on the way, I guess, while, like while he was on the way to his next destination, he <laughs> killed them. So he actually didn't have connections with them, whereas the first two, you know, they were potential lovers. So right, right. Andrew's in Miami now. He's killed four people. Um, he's evading authorities for two months and is even placed on the FBI most wanted list by June. So from April to June, he still is not caught. He's killed four people. Wow. Um, on the morning of July 15th, he waited outside of Versace's mansion until Gianni returned from his morning walk and then shot him in the head, as I explained. Um, after that point, it didn't take police long to identify him as the prime suspect. Um, there was no original connection between Andrew and Gianni. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew claimed to have met him at a party in San Francisco in 1990. And apparently he really looked up to Gianni um, as a role model. He was rich famous a a proudly gay man and he lived an extravagant lifestyle i mean versace was a superstar and you know the brand name still is so that's everything that andrew wanted to have but he didn't so Mm. he really looked up to versace Um, what's with people killing people that they look up to that's like a thing a little bit too and i'm i'm just i'm thinking like isn't there a way you could get an internship with them (laughs) or (laughs) friends with them i don't a little less violent and permanent yeah, I don't understand. Um, Versace also matched the profile of Andrew's previous victim. So um, investigators quickly linked Versace's death to Andrew um, and began hunting the fugitive in Miami. So it wasn't until July 24th, eight days after Versace was murdered, that police responded to a 911 call reporting gunshots on a houseboat and found Andrew's body having turned the gun to use um, on himself. It was the same gun mm. he used to kill Versace. So that was another 
murder that happened, but it was his suicide on a houseboat. Yeah. Wow. Eight days later. So they didn't find him. It's kind of wild to me that it, they didn't find him until he killed himself. Right. Right. I'm, I'm just I'm so confused, but whatever. Um, let's get into these victims a little bit more because I brushed right on over them. Um, there's some other important victims besides Versace. So, like I said, the it started in late April. Um, his first victim, he used a hammer to beat Jeffrey Trail. Yes, yeah, pretty bad way to go. Beaten to death with a hammer, Jeffrey Trail. He was a 28-year-old former naval officer in Minneapolis. Um, days later, Andrew shot and killed his former lover, David Madsen, 33, and dumped his body near a lake in Minnesota. So those were the two Minnesota guys that he whacked off. And then in May, Andrew reportedly stabbed Lee Mingling, a 72-year-old Chicago real estate developer and wealthy businessman. Then he killed William Reese, a 45-year-old cemetery worker in New Jersey, less than a week later. Um, They believe that Reese got targeted because Andrew needed a truck and he stole it. So he killed him in the process instead of just stealing it. I don't know why he had to do that. But, I mean, he's at this point, it seems like he's in a mental state where he's, on, like I said, on a spree. And he's just mowing people down at that point. So those were our four victims. Obviously, Versace was the fifth and he would be the sixth um that kind of does it for this week this this week's episode this episode that we're recording right now um if you want to learn more there's a few things you can do number one the mansion's still there oh (laughs) like it's not like the mansion went anywhere so yeah yeah you can go to miami it's a popular tour spot you can go and see the steps of of his mansion where he was murdered. Um, there's also several movies and documentaries and series all about his assassination. And I made a short list of three that I've heard of and that I could find like where they're on. So the first one is probably the biggest one and the most well-known, like I've heard of it, but I haven't actually watched it. The assassination of Gianni Versace American crime story is on FX. Okay. I think it's, I think the short version, I've heard American crime story a couple of times, but that's the big one. There's also fashion victim, the killing of Gianni Versace on Amazon prime. And then there's killing Versace hunt for a serial killer on Amazon prime. Yeah. I think that's the one I saw. There's so much more. There's YouTubes about it. There's so many articles about it. There are more documentaries and movies besides this list so if you you know are at all interested in any of this i definitely recommend checking it out start with these three and then you know do your own deep dive from there but that's all i've got final thoughts eleni on this no that's awesome i i loved this one i like the history hearing the history behind the brand and um it's unsatisfying in the sense that he wasn't able to get put to justice for that i think it always um, is yeah 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 it's just kind of like all right well now this is just something we have to accept and and move on from i'm sure for the family that was tough um but 
that, this was an awesome one. I loved it. I loved hearing about just like how the brand came up and started and originated. And um, yeah, I guess when you become that famous and successful and you're such an icon, you're you're automatically a target for some kind of person's uh <laughs> desire to murder you but um that was an interesting one i love that awesome i'm glad i picked a good one that i feel like a lot of people can connect to it if you like fashion or murder or you know there's a lot of things about this one that i feel like people can latch on to and like i said there's tons of resources out there if you want more entertainment about it so that's going to bring us to our closing segment we're going to do a buy try or pass by but I think we should call it something else because here's what happened. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with y'all. <laughs> I fucked up and I didn't give myself enough time to buy what Eleni had picked out. She picked out some great drinks for us to try. And like I said, I fucked up. So this is really going to be a spotlight, a, an Eleni spotlight. I don't know what to call it, but we need to think I of mean, it. I don't for- mind that. Let's call it a Lenny spotlight. Let's do it. Cause it's really <laughs> going to tell us what she's trying and her thoughts on it. And I'm going to be quiet starting now. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I fucked up because I went out last night. So I'm in no, absolutely no condition to drink alcohol at this point in time. So it's, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about it, but, um, I think that we, I, maybe when I come out to you for a recording episode, I'll actually bring um, some of these drinks for us to like actually try and have together. I think that could be enjoyable. That sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, so you can confirm good. the Eleni spotlight, which, which one do you think I should do? Should I talk about, cause we had two Ooh. separates. Should I talk about the wine or the, the canned drink? I think because we talked about a celebrity you should do the wine because it's also connected to a celebrity. It is. Love that. So, um, <laughs> you're funny. Uh, hint, hint. Yeah. So actually this bottle was provided by my friend, Allison, who is a listener of this pod. Um, I've talked about her before. She has the dachshund, other dachshunds. She introduced me to dachshunds. And so we have puppy play dates often and, um, we went, got our master's degree in, in psychology together. So we've bonded over many a bottle of wine throughout our time being friends. Good way um, to bond, this, tell you. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> so she actually bought this bottle for us. And then um, Josh and I cracked it open the other night and consumed most of it. And then I saved a glass, a glass worth for the pod. But now today I just can't drink. I'm just not in. A, I can't physically. Drink. Can you tell us like the um, smells and the maybe like a absolutely. tiny sip or a, a, like just from what you remember from absolutely. it sounds of it, it was good if you guys had that much of it. It was good. So the brand is called Messy Mama, M-A-W-M-A, <laughs> which is hilarious. And it's by Snooky. Snooky from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Messy Mama is her brand, which is so funny. Um, and she has, I think she has like three different types of wines but the one that um allison got me is called chaos cabernet sauvignon chaos chaos (laughs) um so it's a red and i have to say we've we've tried another red wine on this pod it's like one of my favorites it was duck walk um gatsby duck walk but 
I have to say this probably is my new favorite, actually, Whoa. because yeah, girl, that other one, the Gatsby Red from Duck Walk, it's a little on the sweeter side. This one was um a little bit drier, but not too dry. So it was super smooth. Uh, I I usually will pour myself like a, a big glass of wine and take like a couple sips and then just not drink it anymore because I get over it. But this I had several glasses of this wine. Um, it was just so smooth. It was like the perfect amount of like sweet and dries, like right in the middle. Um, not too heavy, not super fruity. Like I, I would say this is perfect to have with um I'm trying to think what would I eat at the Jersey shore to relate this to Snooki. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I would have this with dinner. I would have this with dinner and I would also like totally have it by itself. And I could drink the whole bottle to myself and it's a cute bottle. It's uh, has like a black, like leopard, black leopard print label with gold lettering. It's really cute. This very uh, fitting for a Snooki wine. So this not only would I buy it, I would try it. I would gift it. I would drink it with friends. I would drink it by myself. And I'm not like, yeah, I'm not a huge, huge wine person. So this was like perfect. I'm, I can't testify to the other flavors that she has, but this one was really, really good. That's interesting. Cause I do remember trying that other red wine and that one was too sweet for me. I'm more of a Pinot Noir girl. I like something dry. I don't like sweet. So that is good to know that it is on the drier side but it's it's in the middle it's nice that it's a good uh sounds like it's good for most people it's a good one that you should try so take eleni's advice guys this is eleni's spotlight she let you know how it was one more time what's the brand name for everyone messy mama by snooki yeah messy mama well that (laughs) sounds amazing i will definitely have to give it a try uh when you come out we'll have some uh, yeah, I have to see where I have to see where I could find it. I don't I think I think my friend got it online and had had like two bottles delivered to her. Um, but I haven't like looked into where I could actually get them myself, but I definitely would buy another bottle. Nice. Well, that does it for this episode. If you would like to send us mm-hmm. some booze, food, or other fun things, or reach out to us with episode ideas, feedback, or comments, you can email us twogirlsonemurder at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at twogirlsonemurder. That's girls with a U to stay up to date on episode releases and other fun content. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. I'm Blair Morgan Reeves. I'm Eleni. Cheers. Bye.